I am unashamed. What about you? I mean, to me, this should be a part of the podcast. What are we? we are we doing exorcisms now? <laughs> I, don't, I don't go. I don't go down that road. Oh, Phil, you got a new get up. Huh? Yeah. Y'all solved the problem. When Cy, when he has that on his head, he's 10 times better. Just about everything. Huh. So, the bar's high, Phil. Well, I never thought I'd try to be catching up with Cy on something. <laughs> <laughs> so, welcome back to Unashamed. Uh, I'm still down here at the Southern Lair. Zach's still beaming in. Zach's good to have you back. Hey, it's good to be back. I wouldn't miss it for the world. <laughs> I wouldn't. <laughs> he wouldn't miss it for the world, but he might miss it for a phone call or a trip to who knows where. Or whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Maybe it's, something like that. But it's, always good to have, it's always good to have Zach in the house. Jace uh, had the best opening line, though. He walked in. He, he sat down. What was your line, Jace? I'm not late. What'd you well, say? I, I looked on my the <laughs> clock on my truck. And it said 10.03. We were going to start at 10 o'clock, but I was out in the parking lot here. And I was talking to Zach Dasher about the kingdom. <laughs> Hello, Zach. And so then I said, after I realized I've been sitting here for five minutes, and, and I said, are you going to be on the podcast today? And he's like, yeah, I'm here. <laughs> I was like, well, let me come on in there and join you and let's continue our conversation. So when I walked well, in, I, thought you, I, I thought you were driving. I thought he must be still on the road. He's late and out at bring Chick-fil-A. So he's just taking his time, you know. <laughs> no, there's no I breakfast was, when Al's not I, there. Yeah, when I'm fast. not there, you fast. That makes you appreciate when I'm in town. So I was like, yeah, Zach went, went dormant on me. I could see him talking to somebody. But he was muted, so I couldn't hear y'all's conversation. What's ironic is dad and I were also talking about the kingdom uh, and N.T. Wright and all this stuff that y'all were talking about. So we were having separate meetings as we were waiting to start the podcast. So I, I got to mention, dad, because those that are watching, uh, the YouTubers and whatnot. Um, so you got a new setup today. It's because uh, we have some mic issues sometimes with dad. You you kind of move around a little bit. You you know, and so we have to adjust your mic. So, so Maddie, our crack staff of one, has has attempted to fix your mic issues by having a mobile unit now. And so you look, you look like you're a pilot, maybe uh, air traffic control. A pilot. To, hmm. Yeah, those pilots have the little. Yeah, thing it's like. got to look. But I noticed I did a size podcast the other day, and he wears one. Yeah, and it made him ten percent better. I mean, one, because he, he can yeah. never stay in front of a mic. And he's such a noisemaker. They, they have a pad on the table because he, 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 he talks and he hits the table. And so yeah, they, he, put a, they put a pad there so he could, they wouldn't. You're right, though. It's, it, it, it's quite the experience. Oh, I mean, look, we do a podcast for the TV show. And so he's banging the table and so the sound man who you know the crew they're not allowed to like interrupt the proceedings because we're just going off but he's like pointing at Sai and pointing at his wrist look because Sai <laughs> would bang on the table and he has a wristwatch on he's one of the 14 people that still wears a wristwatch <laughs> and it was clanking so i was like Sai, you're quit banging on the table and he's like yeah. hey why I said, the sound man is saying that. I was like, your watch, your watch. So he took his watch off and threw it at me. 
man, he got aggressive. He got aggressive with you. It's the sound man. It's not I mean, me. I don't care where you're watching. Yeah. Well, you're dealing with low-tech people in a high-tech world, so it's, that's the first thing you ought to get in your head. Low-tech men in a high-tech world. And you're comfortable yeah. with that. You're a I leg. figure if they catch about a third of what I have to say, good enough. <laughs> so you have your own buffer. <laughs> well, I'll force of it, just cut it. But I've always said. Fourth, I don't know, you know. Size uh, <laughs> like medicine, he, he's better in small doses, you know, because everybody, everywhere yeah. I go, they're like, where's Si? I was like, be careful what you uh, wish for now. <laughs> Short term, awesome. Long term, oh no. Yeah. <laughs> A little bit of side goes a long way. Well, Phil said, well, we, we, we started this conversation before the camera was rolling, and Phil said, if I'm catching up with Cy, because the, 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 the point that Jace made was that it made, when, when Cy got the headset, he said it made him better at everything, and Phil's line was, uh, if I'm catching up with Cy, something's wrong. So, <laughs> uh, I would take Dad's comments to me. A third of Dad equals uh, 100% of the rest of us. So That's you, true. That's you only need a third of Dad. 33% of Dad goes a long way. So. Agree to agree. So, Jace, uh, another thing I had to mention, because uh, I was telling you guys in the last couple of podcasts about my trip to Europe, and so – I was amazed to see that Jace has reached, and we, we know what he's done in the U.S. Uh, because of his love of macaroons, and the Dollar General now has, you know, sold macaroons all across the Fruited Plains out in the rural areas, which is where DGs are. And so we know his impact here, but what I didn't know, Jace, was apparently your reach is now going across the pond because I was in Germany and there was a pack of macaroons, and uh, oh. I think Maddie has them. Maddie, you got those there? You can oh, show yeah. Jace's. These are yeah, German macaroons. German macaroons. They put a little. They I noticed they put a little dark chocolate on the bottom of theirs. But when Alex saw it, she had to buy it. She said, "Look, Jace's even his reach is in Germany now because they're making macaroons there." So I just oh. I want to present that to Jace as a oh. gift from the other side of the world. Well, as a connoisseur of relics and history because uh treasure hunt i will say the only thing i can read on this package because my german is uh <laughs> it's a little shaky <laughs> it says well it does i thought it said since 1888 but it says seat 1888 which i guess the german word for since is can you spell that s-e-i-t s-e-i-t how do you say that? S T I T. S E I T. Sate, I think. Was sense. It. The translation, you're right. Yep. Is sense. I figured I had a pretty good shot at that one. <laughs> that was good, man. Chase, you're so, a linguist. We didn't even wow. know that. So, um, uh, I mean, how, now you bought these how long ago? Uh, it was probably five days ago. Is you had me at the hesitation days? now. So I'm a little well, not, I wasn't I'm, exactly I'm, sure because I didn't buy them. I'm but. not going to eat the chocolate, but I am going to yep. break it open to where the actual coconut macaroon is because yep. that is what I'm all about. I will yep. try it. I will try most things once. Fresh from Germany, ladies and gentlemen. Not so fresh from Germany. I'm fixing to try a German macaroon. coconut macaroon. macaroon. Because, you know, we, we've had the ones from Dollar General, which he loves. And we've talked about those. Usually desserts are not as sweet, 
in Germany. Uh, Are you ready that. for the Roman? Because we're going to talk about Rome today. Yeah. Oh, thumbs Germans up. Germans got it. Germans got it. The Cocos Macarena. I wouldn't have put all the chocolate over it. That's unnecessary. A L- little overkill. But the actual middle of the macaroon, which this is called a Resinski <laughs> Coco Scuppel. This is a Cocos Macaroonin. No, it says Coco Scuppel. That's scuppel. what they call a Coco With a K, right? K O K O S K U P P E L. That oh. is a Coca scuffle. Like everything else, think about it. And you just you, you mentioned it, Jay, since not, since 1888. So like when our country was about 100 years old, they were making macaroons over in Germany. They were. So everything is a little bit older on the other side of the pond. But, you know, that's I'll tell my, you uh, a funny story. I went to Germany and celebrated Christmas with our military station there. Years ago, because Sa had uh, he spent a couple of tours there in Germany, the same base, and I got lost on the way. My wife and there was a couple of others with us. We got lost to wherever we were supposed to go. So, like an idiot, I, I mean, we got real lost. I pulled out in in the yard of a farmhouse. There was only a couple vehicles there, and as I was walking toward the house, there was kind of a barn and I could see lights there. And there were two look like security guys standing in front of the barn doors. So you got to remember, I don't know German. So I walked up there and was like, do you know where I'm trying to, I had a map in my hand. So when they opened the door, it was a, it was like a, uh, it looked like a casino. I mean, it was, everybody was well-dressed. They had like the little roulette wheel. and It was in a barn. But when you walked in, it looked like Las Vegas inner workings of the casino. But then I noticed everyone was armed. <laughs> and there was scantily clad women. And I realized in that moment. Always a bad sign when you enter a building and it's full of armed men and you don't know why. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so at that point I realized that I'm now in danger. I'm out in the countryside of Germany and I have stumbled across this. And so I just started saying Jesus. Jesus. I'm I, that's all what else? I mean, I figure that's universal. I'll come in peace. I'm a follower of Jesus. No one helped America, me. that's dangerous starting line. <laughs> I'm here That's because right. of Jesus. I, yeah. They they went. They, they'll go for their gun now. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I'm telling you that story, but that happened in my life, and it, I just thought, how crazy is this? So we were we were in the Bavarian region of Germany, which is kind of the it's the hills. It's beautiful there. And one of our little excursions, we went to this working farm, and this farm has been the same family. Now catch this: you talk about things older. 450 years they've been working this farm there's horses there and cows this beautiful place and of course it had snowed so it was really pretty but on the property they have a beer garden which they spell beer b-i-e-r you know we spell it b-e-r but they've been um somebody locally has been brewing beer and they have it at this place but we went in there and the guys that are doing the tour you know of course this 
you know, for tourists. So they're wearing the leader hosen and the socks and they got a guy playing the accordion the whole time. And, you know, just, it was just kind of their cultural thing about what they do, but it was, it was amazing when you realize how long these people have been, you know, it, it was encouraging to me because it was like a family farm. And then the guy that owned the farm came in, showed us some of the German. They got these, what we were called the slappy dance. They do these dances, you know, that they, I mean, it was, it was amazing. It was just the whole thing was a cultural, you know, learning point for me. But we thoroughly enjoyed our time in Germany. It's fantastic. And you're right. So I was there. I think he did three tours, actually. Um, and, of course, that's where Tracy Lee was born. And we told the story before that could have been a mixed up identity hospital situation because she's beautiful <laughs> and super smart <laughs> and size not necessarily either one of those so we're trying to figure out she's got blonde hair we're not we're uh, not making any accusations we're, we're just, not saying we're just no. saying we're trying we've been trying to figure that out she's she's almost 50 years old we've been trying yeah, to figure I'm sure it. i'm sure it all checks out but it's the eighth, <laughs> eighth wonder of the world Eighth yeah. wonder of the world. She is amazing. And uh, she's an Aggie, too. So, all right. So, we are we finally going to get to Luke 1911 today? Is it going to happen? Do you think? Or, y'all, or, or do y'all have a rabbit you want to chase? I, I, I think we just need to read it so that we like we have to force ourselves into it. So, let's. <laughs> well, I will say this as the setup. We've been part of the reason we wound up spending a couple of podcasts leading into this is we've been talking a lot. Luke has, and through Jesus's uh, obviously speeches about the kingdom. And this is another one of those passages as we're leading up to him coming into Jerusalem. So that's, that's kind of the setup for why we kind of been getting to this point. Cause remember we did a, he had three encounters um, with the rich young ruler Zacchaeus and then the blind beggar. Uh, that knew who he was. He was the son of David. And in the midst of that, he predicted that he was going to have to die once he got to Jerusalem. Well, now we're there. I mean, he's right there about to go in. And so he tells this one last story. And it's kind of a, as Jay said last time, it's kind of a little bit of a controversial story because people aren't sure where to slot this in. But I think it. Ha- I think once we get into it and then do the rest of this text, it'll make a lot of sense. So uh, as the new year uh, is upon us, uh, a lot of times people are kind of looking to their finances, uh, things they want to try to accomplish next year. And of course, you know, you're going to have some unexpected things that come along and you want to be prepared for those. And and one of the things that's the most unexpected is some medical bill, uh, some emergency situation that comes up. What are you going to do? Your family's facing that. Um, We have a, a solution for you. It's called Samaritan Ministries. Um, it's a Christian community. Uh, and what happens is when you have a medical need, one of these unexpected things happen, you have fellow members that help you to be able to pay your medical bills and you're going to do the same for them. And also the most important thing is you're going to be praying and encouraging each other as well. Uh, there's no networks, which puts you in control of your family's healthcare. Uh, you know, what's best for them. So you get to choose doctors, hospitals, treatments, uh, the things that are going to help your family be better. Uh, you can join today. Um, it's, you start your health care and sharing as soon as you join up for Samaritan Ministries, or you can choose what month you'd like to start. It's not insurance. It's assurance that you're part of a health care sharing community. And what I love about it is really a biblical solution to health care by helping one another, uh, which is one of the things that we love. And it's more affordable, which is why Lisa and I have made the transition. 
So whether it's a broken bone, unexpected diagnosis, or other medical emergency, you'll find comfort knowing that you're connected to 80,000 Christian households across the nation who stand ready to care for one another spiritually and financially uh, during a time when you need it the most. Become part of this community today at SamaritanMinistries.org slash unashamed. That's SamaritanMinistries.org slash unashamed. Get started today. I'd just say just going into the study of when the kingdom of God is coming, What's amazing to me is Matthew, I've been saying this all along. If you get Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, combobulated, you get all that confused. Over and over, it's almost the precise statement from that time on. This is way over in Matthew 16, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. The message over and over and over and over. From that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem. Got to do it. Suffer many things at the hands of the elders, chief priests, teachers, and the law. They'll fight him all the way there. That he must be killed. So when someone says, well, you know, I can't believe they did this and they did that. I must die that the reason I came, the reason the kingdom is coming is because I must die for the sins of the world. But he just said I must be killed and didn't elaborate on why. On the third day be raised to life. Peter took him aside and said, look, began to rebuke him. Here was the reaction he got all through Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. They all said, never, Lord. I mean, they're basically saying your job and your outreach to the mankind, it's not going to happen by you going up there and dying for the whole bunch, and us included. By the time you get through with Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, just look for that. Matthew, what did he say? Mark, Luke, John. What did Jesus say about his visitation period? He said, I have to do this. He's trying to explain to them that's going to save everybody who sinned. I'm here to solve their problem by getting rid of their sins, wiping them clean, starting all over. You can be born again and you can be raised from the dead because that's what, what's going to happen. So over and over and over, therefore, I've said for everybody who claims to be a follower of Jesus. Read what Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John take the final two pages in each one of those books. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Take the final two packages. And what he says all the way through this, he does it. And then he said, Now, all authority has been given to me, therefore go make disciples. Do what I've been doing. And I'll be with you to the end of the day to baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Spirit. It's all there. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. And why people get confused about when it's going to come, you get to Acts chapter 2 and Peter's been sent out to preach the gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. 
Go by, keep telling that, Peter, until they put you in a grave. Keep, keep telling the story. And that's the way it is to this day. The kingdom did come. There was a lot of carried on and some heavy winds and p- power coming out of the skies. I mean, it was an event never to be duplicated again. It's there. The kingdom is established. You get it through faith in Jesus, his death, burial, and resurrection, like he said, and you will be granted as a son or daughter of God. Go forth, tell your neighbors, and that is precisely what we are doing at this moment, seated here 2,000 years later. So the headset's working. Um, that's that's excellent. We got <laughs> that's, more than thirty-three percent. That's there. good stuff, that's there, good. Dad. You're exactly right. Here's I'm the irony. To, here, here's the irony, Dad. To, to dream up something on when the kingdom's gonna get here. What's the kingdom like? It's oh, the craziest thing I've ever seen. The whole thing is why Jesus came, died. The King came to the earth, died, was buried, and raised from the dead. He said he was going to do it over and over and over. He did do it. And everybody said, yeah, we're waiting on the kingdom to get here. You say, waiting on it to get here? Are you crazy? So, But here's here's the irony of the situation. So we're, Dad's right. He's giving us the view and looking at it 2,000 years later. In the moment that this was about to happen, the irony is the people, and this is the context for what Jay's about to read, the people were ready for it to happen because he's there. The king is here. What they didn't know was that he had to die, which is what he'd already told his disciples. That's correct. So yeah. what's weird about that is how do you win the, when you die going in? Exactly. <laughs> who, who would ever set up a kingdom where the king comes in and then dies and is suffers greatly for no the sins one of the people? But the Almighty God in the heaven is is, mm. is the answer. Exactly. All right, Jay. All right, I'm going to read it, but I will say because it's been a month since we've uh, picked up here. So this is right after the the last miracle in uh, Luke 18 where where it was a it was kind of a moment where this blind man is sitting on the side of the road and he declares Jesus as the son of David you know and his disciples are like whoa whoa shh because Jesus acknowledging that because everybody knew what that meant yep that meant you're claiming to be this fulfillment of the King of Kings coming coming right. to Earth when that's when right. that's acknowledged. So the reason that was quite the moment is because once Jesus decided to go public with that, well, now he has become a threat to other kingdoms. If someone's claiming to be a king publicly, well, the other kings are saying. Wait just a minute here. And they're, yep. they're, they're looking for yep. an army of followers that are all equipped with weapons. And exactly. You to drop so that just happens, yeah. and, and we'll revisit uh, that let, once. Let, a, let me once give a, you the, let me give you this Old Testament quote here because it'll it'll make the point you just made. This is in Second Samuel chapter seven, um, verse twelve through sixteen. When your days are fulfilled and you lie down with your fathers, I will raise up your offspring after you, who shall come from your body. Listen to the language here. And I will establish his kingdom. Verse 13. And his he shall build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be a father to him, and she and he shall be my son. 
when he commits iniquity, I will discipline him with the rod of men, when, uh, with the stripes of the sons of men. But my steadfast love will not depart from him as I looked, sorry, as I took it from Saul, who I put away before you and your house and your kingdom shall be made sure forever, ever before me. Your throne shall be established forever. That was Samuel to David. That was Samuel to David, yeah. uh, which is, which is, a, a, um, I would argue, is a messianic prophecy. It is. Fulfilled in Jesus to the point that he was just making in, in, in uh, Luke 18 when he says, son of David. Correct. It's a reference back to some of these messianic prophecies about who the, the coming of, of the Messiah. So to that's Jason's why, point. That's why, Zach, he said to the, in verse 31, chapter 18 of Luke, which Jason's going to cover shortly, we're going up to Jerusalem and everything, everything. Now, just think about that. Everything of all of what's been written that I had laid my hands on them, the prophets and all, they all came and they, everything that is written by the prophets about the son of man will be fulfilled. Mm -hmm. I mean, I just don't know how you can miss that and still wait on the king to get here. But if you notice the language in Second Samuel of this messianic prophecy that Jesus will be the son of David, it's also directly linked to what? The kingdom, which exactly. is, I think, the point. Well, even in Jason Luke 1 in the song, Zach Zachariah's song about John the Baptist, uh, he mentioned in verse 69, he has raised up a horn or strength of salvation for us in the house of the servant of David, which John the Baptist would prepare. It's just the, a little confusion, Jason, on, he, on here and near. <laughs> near well, is one thing. Here is which part of this this parable will definitely deal with the timing issue because that's that becomes the context. So we're approaching a, a new year, and I think that's a time when, you know, everybody kind of reflects. I mean, I guess theoretically it shouldn't matter, but it does. I mean, people try to, you know, think of things they want to accomplish in 2024. One of those is most people think about their health. Um they want a little more healthy, uh, maybe diet, uh, maybe a more energetic version of yourself. And so if you've been dealing with low energy, maybe gained a few extra pounds uh, like Zach and I did, uh, and you can't quite shake them off, uh, the issue might be your liver. Uh, I'd had liver enzymes checked last year. They were high. So I started a, a product that's on our uh, podcast called Liver Health Formula. And it's helped get my numbers back in line. It's helped me feel more energetic, um, which is really good, right? And uh, so you got a one out of three Americans are now living with sluggish, fatty liver. And so this doesn't help you. And so this product is going to help you have some energy. It's going to help you be prepared for 2024 and what you want to do. So liver health formula is what it's called. It has 11 powerful botanicals that help recharge and protect your liver. So if you get it today, you're going to get a free bottle of blood sugar formula that helps reduce your sugar cravings as well. So here's what you do. Go to getliverhelp.com slash unashamed to get your free bonus gift. Don't miss the chance to start the year feeling your best. That's getliverhelp.com slash unashamed. Yeah, which is part of the problem in this, which is why we're setting this up like this. So that happens. So it's kind of like a public 
display. You feel like, okay, there's a public display here going on. And just to look back at our kind of their, our outline, and I, I jotted these two things down. But he hasn't made this public until now. Well, he's definitely not. I mean, even in what we're fixed to read, uh, when his the triumphal entry, which is the next paragraph, yep, and they're all singing, "Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord." Well, the Pharisees, when they heard that, oh, shh. so once you have the disciples trying to shush the blind man, and yeah, you know, in Matthew's account, there's two blind men, yeah. So, you know, they're they're making this public display of there he is, and even the Pharisees are, oh, shh. shh. Because you don't, if you want a, a good way to die in that world is come out and claim you're a king. <laughs> <laughs> That's just exactly. the truth. But just looking at the outlines that we've looked at, you know, N.T. Wright just, he doesn't really have an outline that I, I found, but he's saying what we're saying as far as the undercurrents or the overhead of Luke is you're seeing a lot of discussion about the temple. Because yep. even Jesus in the book of John is claiming to be in and of himself, a type of temple. Because you think, what does a temple yeah. do? Well, it's where God is. It's where you go and right. encounter God. Yeah. And, That's and when you everybody go... there starts scratching their head. Well, but then the next theme is this idea about the kingdom. This kingdom is coming. And then you see what you pointed out accurately, that Jesus is the fulfillment of all these prophecies. And what we see in the next part of Luke 19, right after this public display that Jesus is the son of David, the messianic king that has come, is you have Jesus taking a tax collector who is not viewed favorably in that culture, and he goes to his house, and people are just, they're, they just, they're shocked. They're like, well, I mean, why in the world would you pick that guy? So he says in verse 9 of, of 19, today salvation has come to this house. Which, what a statement that is. Because who mm -hmm. came to the house? He did. He did. Yeah. Who are you claiming? Salvation. At the same and, time, the, the followers of Jesus, the disciples, in verse uh, 34, well, I'm the disciples did not understand any of this. It was well, right. hidden from them. Yeah, that's 1834. Yep. So he says to Zacchaeus, Today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the son of man, speaking of himself, came to seek and to save what was lost. Now, while they were listening to this, he went on to tell them a parable because he was near Jerusalem. And the people thought that the kingdom of God was going to appear at once. Now, that's the controversial line where people make a lot of views about the kingdom based on that verse. So right. then he tells a parable, and then what modern churches do is forget about the kingdom, forget about the temple, forget about Jesus as king, and they just make an analogy of you know, what you do with your money while we're waiting on Jesus to come back. So, But the reason we're we're setting this up is because he's telling them this peril, parable because the people thought that the kingdom of God was going to appear at once. Exactly. And, and why would they be thinking that? Because John the Baptist said it was near. Yeah. Jesus said yeah. it was near. Yeah. Uh, there's also a passage before I read the rest of the story in, uh, where is this at? 
in you remember in Luke 11 where he when he prayed he said your kingdom come and in Matthew's version it says come on earth as it is in heaven is in heaven yeah yeah you will well, be then there's an obscure earth. verse in verse 20 of chapter 11 that says this but if i drive out demons by the finger of god then the kingdom of god has come to you well he was driving out demons so they're like <sighs> and, and think about it from the disciples perspective this guy can create food out of thin air Part of part of any kind of war conflict, if they're thinking about a physical kingdom and an overtaking of Roman rule, which is is at the base of what all these people wanted to do. We want a king that overthrows this oppression. If this guy can create food out of thin air and he can heal all diseases and he can raise the dead, he would have quite the army, even if it was just him. Yeah. <laughs> As far yeah. as the battle is concerned. But you know so, what you want done. So, you know, before I continue reading, before you say, well, wait a minute, what did that did what was he meaning that the kingdom was coming? Well, he also says this a couple chapters later, because the issue is what does that mean? That they thought the kingdom was gonna happen instantaneously. So where are you? That's right. So I want to read this in we haven't got here yet. But in Luke 22, I want to read another thing that seems to be contrary to what I just read. But I think when you put all these pieces together, you'll see, number one, how the controversy happened. And number two, take a deep breath. There's no controversy. He's just introducing the idea of the kingdom in various ways and that he is the king. And the the further we go down this road to Jerusalem, you're going to see why he is king of kings. Your point. Yep. So look in Luke 22 and verse 14. So this is the Last Supper. When the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table, and he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. So he's fixed to die. For I tell you, now, now watch this statement. I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. That moves it imminent. Well, right. You're like, huh. After taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. So we'll explore that. But I'm just, I wanted to read all these things that where people read and they get a little confused about that. But the issue, and, and we'll address that, but the issue at hand, back to Luke 19, is that all the people thought that the kingdom of God was going to appear at once. He said, a man of noble birth went to a distant country to have himself appointed king and then to return. So he called 10 of his servants and gave them 10 minutes or about three months wages. Put this money to work, he said, until I come back. But his subjects hated him and sent a delegation after him to say, we don't want this man to be our king. Now, if I just stop right here, it's, it's important that you, you get, you're getting the gist of why Jesus is telling this story. There's going to yeah. be those who recognize him as king and those who don't. Yep. And it's, it's really going to be come to a situation where Jesus, by going public, he's actually saying, 
either kill me or crown me. That's why Jesus is so radical. It, the points in between... 2,000 years since that this was going on, what you're reading, 2,000 years later, that the anti-kingdom people are still there. Exactly. Well, think about it. The, the earth is, is divided into two categories. There are those who believe Jesus is king. That's right. And just by believing that, your life will utterly change. No doubt. Immediately and as it continues We just on. made a movie about it. Then there are those who say, well, I don't think Jesus is king. He, he wasn't the son of God. And there you go. Yeah. And your worldview changes as well. Let's take another break, dude. So he continues, verse 15. He was made king, however, and returned home. Then he sent for the servants to whom he had given the money in order to find out what they had gained with it. The first one came and said, Sir, your minna has earned ten more. Well done, my good servant, his master replied, because you have been trustworthy in a very small matter. Take charge of ten cities. The second came and said, Sir, your minna has earned five more. His master answered, You take charge of five cities. Then another servant came and said, Sir, here's your minna. I have kept it laid away in a piece of cloth. I was afraid of you because you are a hard man. You take out what you did not put in and reap what you did not sow. His master replied, I will judge you by your own words, you wicked servant. You knew, did you, that I am a hard man, taking out what I didn't put in and reaping what I didn't sow. Why didn't you put money on deposit so that when I came back, I could have collected it with interest? Then he said to those standing by, Take his minna away from him and give it to the one who has ten minas. Sir, they said, he already has ten. He replied, I tell you that to everyone who has, more will be given. But as for the one who has nothing, even what he has will be taken away. But those, now here's a key verse, those enemies of mine who did not want me to be king over them, bring them here and kill them in front of me. Now, normally I would stop here, but I'm not going to stop because if you stop here, I think you're going to miss his point. So his point them, was not to get a Bible and verse right here. So I'm in now verse 28 of chapter 19, 1928. So after Jesus said this, he went on ahead going up to Jerusalem. And now there's a, a passage that we're really familiar with about the triumphal entry of Jesus. And we'll read that in our subsequent podcast. But I wanted to skip down to verse 37. When he came near the place where the road goes down, the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Now, some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples, I tell you. He replied, I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. So he's going public that he is king, yep. which is going to be a moment where you're either going to crown him or kill him, and we all know what happened. Yep. Yeah. So watch. In verse 41, because this is going to help you understand the parable of the ten minutes. As he approached Jerusalem, this, this Jerusalem keeps coming up. That's where he's going. He's going to die. And saw the city 
he wept over it and said, If you, even you, had only known on this day what would bring you peace. Well, what day is this? This is the triumphal entry, his public display that the king is here. And he came riding in on a donkey. He said, if you had known, had only known on this day what would bring you peace, but now it is hidden from your eyes. The days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment against you and encircle you and hem you in on every side. They will dash you to the ground, you and the children within your walls. They will not leave one stone on another because you did not recognize, which I said is the whole point of that parable. It's recognizing who Jesus is. Correct. You did not recognize the time of God's coming to you. Now, here's why I read the whole thing, and y'all know why I did. I know for a fact when this happened in verse 44. I know when the people encircled Jerusalem, 43 and 44, when they dashed it to the ground and the children within their walls. And I know what what happened when not one stone was left on another. It happened in AD 70, did it not? It did. It did. There's currently no temple like this in Jerusalem. That was the last time that the temple was there. never to be rebuilt. Evidently never to be rebuilt, although they're trying to figure it out. And when you, when you add in the approach that where does Jesus go next? Well, in verse 45, he enters the temple area and begins driving out those who are selling. Now, in this moment, you have to realize he's acting like he owns this place. Well, who would do that? (laughs) It is written, he said, my house, my house. Who does this guy think he is? And when you tie in all the things to N.T. Wright's point I was saying about what John said about Jesus viewing, look, you destroy this temple and I'll raise it up in three days. And they're like, it's taken us years to build this temple. What are you trying to say? But the temple he was referring to, that's in John chapter two, was his body. So in this moment, you kind of feel this, I am the temple. So then he says, every day he was teaching at the temple, but the chief priests, the teachers of the law, and the leaders among them, they're trying to kill him. Yeah. Yet they could not find any way to do it because all the people hung on his words. And so my view, and then I'll, let, I'll turn it over to y'all. The point of the parable is to explain that the kingdom is in your midst. It is, it is imminent. And what I believe when Jesus dies and is buried and is raised, he becomes the true dwelling place of God. I mean, you remember back to John 1, it said, in the beginning was the Word, Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then in verse 14, it says, and the Word became flesh and made his dwelling, which if you look at the Greek word, tabernacle, he made his dwelling among us. Mm-hmm. God yeah. came here. So you see when he destroys sin on the cross and he destroys death itself. And by that, he destroyed destruction itself. He becomes in that moment, king of kings, the ultimate king. And then what happens? He leaves. 
you know, he, he stayed here for 48 days, gave many convincing chapter, proofs that he was alive. Chapter 20. He gives this promise, Phil, that he's going to pour out his Holy Spirit and make that available. So then people surrender to the king. They recognize him as king because of what he did. They receive they, the Holy they receive Spirit. The Spirit. And then what do they do? Then they become the holy temple of the living God on earth. And so, it mentions yeah. preaching the gospel, the people in the temple courts and preaching the gospel. So that's that goes along with the kingdom. Yeah. So in this moment, you feel like he is declaring that I'm the temple and he's fixed to prove it. But he's also throwing in the fact that this old system of things is going to be destroyed because the reason they didn't recognize him and what he was fo- supposed to do, because they were putting all their faith and hope in the actual physical temple, which had a purpose in, under the Old Testament of going to encounter God and bringing sacrifices. He was saying, we're fixed to change the cosmos. We're turning that on its head. You want to you wanna have a relationship with God? Come to me. And so... That's the synopsis of the of the section. Yeah, Mark thirteen, I think, gives a. I, I love the context of Mark thirteen because if you what you read at the end of uh, or b- verse forty four in Luke nineteen, and it says, "and and tear you down to the ground," uh, which we would believe that's the. They'll encircle your children and all that. We believe that's the eighty seventy, and they will leave. Uh, they will they will not leave one stone upon another in you because you did not know the time of your salvation. If, if you read like what happened in this kind of same time frame in Mark's account, he I love how he talks about these stones being being crushed, which there's also a, prop, a prophecy in Isaiah chapter 27 about this, about the stones and the ashram poles. And because think about the temple, what had happened in the temple is that they had continued to make the temple into a den of robbers, which Jesus calls them out on. They had brought the, the ashram poles, uh, the, what, what were the poles they brought in, with, and the, the, the worship of Baal and the fertility gods. They had the, they repeatedly turned this temple into something that it wasn't. And so in this same uh, period, in Mark's account, it says, and as he came, this is in Mark 13, and as he came out of the temple, because in Mark's account, he goes into Jerusalem, um, on the triumphal entry, he goes into the temple uh, and has some altercations, uh, comes out of the temple. And one of his disciples said to him, as he's coming out of the temple, says, look, teacher, what wonderful stones and what wonderful buildings. So clearly what he's recognizing when he's talking about, about these stones that are going to be crushed, he's clearly talking about the temple. He's looking at the temple. He came out of the temple. They're looking back at what they, the building they just came out of. And the disciples like, man, this is incredible. And I mean, these stones are huge, by the way. And, and, the, and it was a massive structure. It was impressive. But listen to what Jesus says in verse two of Mark chapter 13. He says, uh, and Jesus said to him, do you see these great buildings? There will not be left here one stone upon another that will not be thrown down. So it, 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 this is clearly like temple talk. And I think that, Jace, it's so good how you brought that together and connected it with, with the parable 
because it is coming up to this like crescendo moment here that that he is he's he is saying everything that you thought about the coming of the kingdom because they're excited about it at first they're like man we think it's imminent we think it's here it's coming we're ready what they didn't understand was what it was going to mean they were thinking it's going to be happen inside this structure so it's it's, it's two part here i would say it's jesus saying that the kingdom is here or, or, or imminent the kingdom is, is at hand the kingdom is in your midst it's all of that but then it's also this thing about and it's probably not what you were anticipating you know what I mean? Exactly. And that's a good thing. It's, yeah. it's bigger, but it's not what you were anticipating. You think it's going to be stuck in the structure right here. I'm telling you, that structure is coming down. But but it, it's for your benefit that it comes down because what I'm about to do, like you guys can't even comprehend, but I'm going to be the temple. Mark 12, he talks about this, him being the cornerstone, right? They prophesize yeah. about himself being the cornerstone. I'm going to be the cornerstone of this temple. And then you... You believers in me, you're going to be living stones. This is the, what, how Peter says it, built upon me, the cornerstone. You're actually going to be the temple too. I'll be the cornerstone of it, but you guys are going to be living stones built upon me. And to Phil's point, the, that, that means the Holy Spirit's going to come live in you. God's going to live in you. Can you name me another religion where God comes down and lives inside of man? There's not one. Only in Christ is that true, and it's pretty profound the picture that he's building here. Yeah, I mean, just think about it. so. So that's why if you know if we want to just dumb this down a little bit. So when people read this, they say, "Well, see, the kingdom didn't come at once back then because it says he told them this parable." But then when he tells the parable, he's basically saying this king was going to be appointed king, but he was going to leave, which which Jesus does. And the coming back part, when you read at the end of the chapter, seems to be more referring to as the destruction of this physical temple that you put all your hopes and dreams in, but not because you want to serve God. You're actually using it to use God to as a way of making money. And so, you know, he realizes what's fixing to happen, and they're all going to scatter at first because he is going to die. But then all of a sudden, they're going to recognize him because that's what this whole point is about recognizing him as king. And then what are they going to do? They're going to take the gifts that God has given them and it's going to multiply. Exactly. They're going to multiply them. And and really, I think what, what is so powerful and what's so missed when, you know, if a pastor gets up and is trying to talk about why you should multiply things before Jesus comes back, they miss the whole point. What Jesus' point is, when you declare Jesus as king, it's inevitable. You're going to go public. Fruit is going to occur because I'm going to empower you with the Holy Spirit. This is not something that you're going to tuck away and say, hey, let's go meet down at a building once a month and look, tremble when we go there under the old system. Because you're having an encounter with God. power behind this, uh, this movement. Exactly. This is a movement of people and the spirit. If you can contain God in a building, just think about that. If, if that's even possible, well, he's not much of a God anyways. And, and I think what happened is they were thinking, they, had, they thought that God is only in this temple. His presence is only in the tabernacle. His presence is only in the temple built by Solomon and then rebuilt by Cyrus and then expanded upon by in later times. But, but the, but the point here is that when they saw the temple in that way, they always 
made a mockery of it, right? I mean, the when they brought yeah, in the well, Asherah well, poles, well, technically that was true, though, Zach. I mean, technically in the Old Testament, that was where he was, and they would go in there, and only the priest could go into the Holy of Holies, and you had to bring sacrifices because of the consequences uh, of sin. But he's taking that system, which just shows you kind of how God and and uh, heaven and earth can intersect to use N.T. Wright's point about that yeah. and give, giving you a fulfillment in coming down personally and yeah. actually living inside you. I like that language of fulfillment over destruction because it's it's not that God messed up in the past. Now, this was always the plan. That's why when you read the, the Old Testament prophets like Isaiah, read Isaiah chapter two, and it talks about, you know, this temple or this uh, mountain temple, Zion, and all of the nations, all the nations are flowing this anti-gravitational flow up the mountain, all the nations, not not just Israel, but all Mm -hmm. the nations to worship the one true God. And so you see it all throughout the Old Testament prophets. You probably couldn't see it then before the fulfillment came, but once the fulfillment came, you're like, oh, well, now everything makes sense, you know, because this is always the plan was God was, was he's the God of all of us. It's he wants it's the it's a multi-ethnic kingdom that he's building and that's being fulfilled in Jesus. And I think that's the big point. Which is why he had those set up of those encounters with those people Jace mentioned going into this discussion. All right, we're out of time. I'm glad we finally got the text out there. Much more to unpack. Uh I think it's a timing issue that that sets this whole thing up. And so I'll tell you about my opinion on that in the overtime. If you want to follow us over at blazetv.com slash unashamed is where we'll do that. See you there. Thanks for listening to the unashamed podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes and don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube and be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, Subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.